You're listening to the IQVIA podcast, where we discuss ways to drive innovation in healthcare. Hello, and welcome to another episode in IQVIA's digital enablement podcast series, Personalization Science. Today, we're talking about the evolution of media optimization, which is a topic near and dear to my heart, having spent almost 15 years using the myriad data sources available to a healthcare marketer to make these campaigns more efficient. Additionally, this episode does come with a warning. It might get a little nerdy. So do be forewarned, you're about to enter a data discussion with two self-proclaimed but proud data geeks. My name's Andrew Burkus. I'm a senior principal in IQVIA's Digital Enablement Center of Excellence, and I'm thrilled today to be joined by Jason Patterson, Chief Analytics Officer at Publicis Health Media. Welcome, Jason. Thanks, Andrew. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, our pleasure. Thanks for joining. So many directions this conversation could go in, particularly surrounding the future state of measurement, future state of optimization, which of course we'll get into. But I wonder, Jason, here at the top, from sort of a foundational intro or a primer for media optimization and healthcare, a reminder for those that may not be as in the weeds as we are, what do we mean when we're talking about using health and healthcare data for the purposes of media optimization? Yeah, sure. It's a it's a it's a good good start to the conversation here. I mean, optimization in our industry really isn't such a, a novel topic as, as since the advent of digital media. We've we've been optimizing in some form or fashion for 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 many many years. But ultimately, you know, what what we talk about with with media optimization is is really how do we use information to improve our media campaigns and improve our clients' investments um, in market. Uh, it's a luxury um, today to have data at our fingertips and and what I call relatively fast um, to where we can see in market what's happening. Uh, we can see where to make improvements. Um, and we're really fortunate in the healthcare industry to have expansive data sets that gives us insight into really nitty gritty details of the campaign um, to where we can you know, shift clients' investments and make recommendations to improve upon that. And again, all while maintaining you know, pri- you know, consumer privacy and, and the protections that are really, really important to, to maintain in this environment. You know, about a decade or so ago, when I, I first started working with, with you, Jason, you know, we were in, at different firms at that point in time, but a lot of the campaigns were using more operational metrics to define success. So you're looking at a click-through rate or an open rate, viewability or a website KPI. So someone coming to a website, downloading a savings card as an example. But now we have that ability to measure things like audience quality, which for those that don't know, that's the percentage of your audience reached with media that has a relevant diagnosis for that brand or or for that campaign. And of course, options like new patient starts. And you did touch on a moment ago, and we'll dive deeper into this later, you know, the ability to act swiftly and intelligently uh, utilizing those metrics, which, you know, is an evolution that has only really come about in terms of timeliness of that impact in the last couple of years. So I swear there's going to be a question in here. So here's our first one for you, Jason. <laughs> yeah. From your vantage point at PHM and the teams that you oversee, what is media optimization and why is that so critical to maintaining campaign health? That's a great question. Uh, and, and like I said before, optimization can mean many different things. You know, we we, we have access to a ton of metrics. And, and I love how you talked earlier about click-through rates and savings cards and and downloads and, and website actions. Like, you know, those are an important part of our clients, like digital ecosystem. But advertising and media in healthcare is not direct response. Um, you know, so when we talk about optimization, we're looking at many, many different metrics 
Uh, and, and we have, you know, uh, what I call digital exhaust data at our fingertips. That's coming quite frequently like clicks and like views and, and, and a lot of those things that we see as a fundamental part of like of, of, of digital advertising. Um, but those aren't necessarily the, the, the indicator of, of brand success or even, you know, patient success as well, for that matter. You know, there's a lot of, of levers that can be pulled in the. Uh, digital ecosystem to improve performance. You know, some of those data points are there to help ensure that um, our client's investment has an opportunity to be effective, but they're not all the definition of effectiveness or more importantly, like return on investment or driving new patient starts, et cetera. So, you know, when we look at optimization, we're looking at data to help improve the opportunity to be effective. But really, what we what's important to us and what's important to our clients and what's important to the patients that we're advertising to is is how do we articulate the efficacy of our investments in terms of improving patients' lives um, and understanding, you know, are we reaching the right audience? And so you mentioned audience quality before. So the first step in optimization is 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 really ensuring that the message is is being put in front of the right person. Um, and then ultimately, what does that carry through to the behaviors that we see? Um, in terms of going to the doctor and ultimately going on prescription. And so understanding those different drivers, understanding the incrementality of what uh, media can provide um, for our clients and, and, and as a result of their investments is really um, the, the, the holy grail, if you will, of, of campaign health. Um, sure, there are other factors um, that we as you know, marketing strategists want to make sure we're keeping track of in terms of attitudes and opinions. Um, and, and, and other, you know, higher funnel metrics, um, but understanding, you know, how we're we're improving patient lives and, and, and driving uh, patients to therapy is is really critical. I'd like your perspective here. In your mind, how, how does what your team does, how they are using that data, how does this optimization continuous cycle that you're looking in week in and week out for those opportunities, how is that different from measurement, and what are common misconceptions within that optimization process, and why it is so critical? Yeah, and so for, from our vantage point, there, there's a big distinction between optimization and, and measurement, even though they might be synonymous with each other um, in, in the greater landscape. But when I think about measurement, the concept of measurement is 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 measuring, you know, how something worked, right? And and there's two different ways you can you can think about measurement, and I think the biggest misconception. Um, you know, as an agency um, partner for our clients is we're not necessarily using measurement to say um, how well something did. Um, we're not using measurement to validate um, our strategies. Um, a strategy is is really a hypothesis. And, you know, so when we work with clients to develop our strategies, you know, we're using various information that we think um, can give our clients a chance of success. We're using data that shows where um, their target audience might be. We're looking at different um, efficacy points of, of, of historical norms in terms of which channels perform better. Obviously, efficiency is a play. You know, there's different creative aspects that we're employing for our clients and their hypotheses, right? We, we, we think um, going into market that those are going to give our, our clients a, a great chance to be successful. What's important for us from a measurement perspective, we're taking it further to an optimization perspective, is is to either validate that hypothesis or identify areas where that hypothesis didn't come true. So we're continuously looking for, you know, areas of struggle, what's working, what's not working. Um, when we surface those areas that aren't working, it's about the decision we can make to change. 
Um, if something's not working, we, we need to make a decision and, and shift investment elsewhere. Um, and, and I think the biggest misconception that we face, at least in the agency world, is that it's okay to find areas of improvement. Um, it's okay to fail, if, 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 you know, if I may be so bold to say. And our optimizations are geared to find that because um, the worst case scenario is we find out we failed after the strategy has been executed. Um, and like I said before, kind of leading off um, the discussion here, we live in a world where we have great opportunities to identify those failures well before um, the investment's been exhausted. Um, and that's how we look at optimization. We, we, we really want to focus on, on where we're, things are not working and, and let's change it. Let's, let's you know, not uh, worry about um, the plan going into it in, in terms of thinking it's going to be the greatest, but let's go figure out how to fix it. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. I mean, you think about it, obviously you go into every campaign planning season with the expectation uh, that you have, you know, all of these suppliers, all of these content providers, all these publishers you're going to work with, you know, you want them to succeed, you want them to be a successful part of the campaign. But the reality is, nobody bats a 1000, there, there's going to be opportunities to find those areas of opportunity for improvement. You know, there is there is still some some effort that is going to have to go into sort of quantifying and thereby better explaining why the continuous optimization process is not just static. It's not one moment in time. You know, you do need that opportunity if you identify something early on where you may want to scale up because it's successful or reduce dollars because, you know, it is not as successful as you had initially hypothesized. You know, I, I like to use this as an illustrative point when talking about clients when they they may or may not understand, and it's finding that opportunity, strengthening that opportunity. You know, we launched, uh, we had a campaign that we assisted an agency with last year was a launch brand in immunology, and they only wanted to message their target HCPs. However, when we were looking at behavioral data, the people that were coming to the website, engaging with some of the content that was out there, you know, a lot of HCPs were out there with educational gaps because, again, launch drug, new drug, they want that information. They were not on that target list, so the brands were not actively, you know, engaging with them. So it did take some convincing, but we went to them and said, hey, there are these white space HCPs. They have informational needs. They potentially have patients. You know, let's reach out to them. And in the end, when we did the ROI study, it did show that almost a third, 32% of that positive ROI came from positions that they weren't even messaging to begin with. So if we had waited till the end of the campaign, we would have never known that that was the meat left on the bone, so to speak, in terms of strengthening that ROI. And it would have shut messaging out from doctors, the patients that they're serving. So a win-win from improving health outcomes yep. as well. So that's why you're looking at it all the time, not just waiting to the end to well, go, did that or did that not work? And, and if I may add one quick thing, Andrew, like, like uh, what you're illustrating here is really important because the optimization process isn't linear. Um, you know, there isn't one singular data source that's out there that's going to tell us exactly what to do and how to do it. So I think your example of, of understanding the HCP landscape is really important. And the other ones that we've seen too is, you know, there's there's market access issues, there's competitive noise, there there's a lot of different things that we need to take into account versus just uh, a metric, right? You know, there, there's factors out there that maybe media can't solve for, and we need to optimize things at the business level versus the media level. So, just want to add that. No, I think that's fantastic additional context there, and I really appreciate that. I mean, it. It, it's not as simple as uh, you know setting and forgetting uh, some media dollars or paid search dollars or whatnot. Like you have to look at performance, you have to consider the marketplace, you know factors that may be largely outside of your control, access, 
uh, the share of voice that is dominated by maybe some legacy competitors that are in the marketplace that the brand you're supporting is going up against. So again, all of those things go into a successful strategy and ultimately a successful or what we hope will continue to be a successful media plan. So I, I do think now, or at least I hope, uh, that our audience does have a better understanding of optimization, why it's so critical. So I do want to talk a little bit about process, because I think it's important here to call out it is a collaborative process, but it's not just media planning and, and the data and analytics teams that you know report up to you at the agency or talking about uh, these things with the brands. There's actually collaboration that needs to come with the publishers, the suppliers, the content providers themselves. And I know, again, this probably goes back a decade or more at this point, but I do recall in the beginning as we were transitioning away from the more operational metrics, the aforementioned click rates or bounce rates or website KPIs towards this health-centric data, there had been some resistance by publishers at the beginning, but I do believe ultimately for the content community, those early adopters uh, in using this data, you know, proved to be integral in, in strengthening their position across the media campaigns and the dollars that uh, agencies such as yourselves oversee and steward on behalf of brands. So I'm just curious, in your experience, Jason, when it comes to this sort of collaboration, you know, how receptive are publishers and partners? Are they incorporating this data? How are how are they working with you guys to improve performance on their end to again strengthen their role in the media campaign, strengthen their ability to to reach those right patients or HCPs, and of course do so in an increasingly cost-effective manner? You know, you and I have been doing this quite a while, haven't we? And like you and I specifically have been working together in this area for quite a while. And I know we launched um, you know, one of the initial solutions, you know over 10 years ago or about 10 years ago I should say and and I think uh, I think you'll appreciate uh, the the time and effort and conversations that we've had to have with the industry to to get adoption right and to, to drive this receptivity that you're you're just now asking about you know for me you know from a PHM perspective the biggest thing that we strive to obtain and this goes with clients it goes with publishers it goes with Data providers as yourselves, um, it's our internal teams. It's transparency. Um, you know the you know when we're going to um, a partner and we're communicating success or failures to them, you know they take that very seriously. And and what they want to know is what can they do to fix right. And 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 also we're working with complex data sets here. Um, there there there's the the methodologies behind these include. You know different types of, of of connectors in the in the data flow. There's media exposure. There's patient level data. There's um, you know there's the, the the identifiers that are in between everything, um, and there's ways that we project the information out out in terms of understanding volumes of of delivery. Um, and and so clients or publishers, I should say, are are really you know when we tell them something's not working. You know, it's important to them that they understand the methodology. It's important to them to, to see the data um, that we're referencing and, and more importantly, to see the granularities of the data um, behind what we're suggesting so they can make improvements. You know, I think one of the um, unique things we discovered, you know, you and I, Andrew, early on in this process is that um, there's a lot of levers that our partners can pull to improve uh, performance. Um, and we've seen, you know, they, and because of that, you know, they've seen success in terms of how they service our clients and, and how, how, you know, they can, they can provide value to us and their clients. And I think that's really the key to receptivity here is, is, is driving that partnership. You know, we, we often talk a lot about data as a currency. You know, there's, there's, there's ratings, there's reach, there's impressions. Those are very, very transactional. 
And again, those aren't showing what the, the, the investment's really doing. It's showing what you're paying for. Um, and, and so when I think about currency, it's like we have the ability to really drive value for our clients. Um, but the best way to do that is not to dictate direction, but to share improvements and be transparent with what we're seeing. Um, so we're making the decision together and, and, and working together for the common good of, of, of what's, what's best for the client here. No, I think that's fantastic. And I, I do recall too, as well, some of those early adopters were even in sort of what I would consider lifestyle or sort of non-endemic publishers that use this data to prove yeah. that there was value to their place on, on a media plan, which maybe would have been missed without adding this data as additional context to their audience. You know, maybe they're not necessarily in that health information seeking mode, but there are values. I, I won't call out one brand, but there's one in particular that I know very early on. I mean, they, they are on almost every media plan now because they were using this yeah. data month in and month out, and you wouldn't associate them with being integral to healthcare media campaigns, but lo and behold, the data proved that they were, and they've been able to be quite successful as a supplier. And that's just one story off the top of my head I can think yeah. of. I'm sure you know who well, I'm talking about. I'm not gonna, not gonna say them here, but. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, what you're saying, there's a responsibility with with this information, right? And, you know, I, I, again, there, there's not a one size fits all uh, even within a channel mix or even with a publisher mix, you know, we're investing in programmatic for different reasons that we're investing in endemics. And, and it's important when we articulate the, the story after looking at the data that we're, we're accounting for the value or the role that each partner tactic channel is supposed to bring to the table. No, that's, that's, that's fantastic. I appreciate you bringing that up too. Cause I do think that that, you know, one size fits all, you can't apply that here. And it's great. I mean, the complexities of yeah. media plans have to rise to meet the complexities of media consumption behavior. And, you know, not all of yeah. us are, are on WebMD all the time. We might be on ESPN looking at our, our, our fantasy teams or something like that. I mean, there's there's different reasons why we go to different areas. So you have to to mirror the the myriad ways that we're you know, yeah. in, in incorporating content into our daily lives. And, and you know, that's fantastic to, to hear that, you know, you have different goals, different levers that you can pull, different ways that you use that data to have that robust uh, and diverse media plan. Hi, everyone. Thanks again for listening. We hope you're enjoying our conversation so far. We had such a great discussion with Jason from PHM that we did run a little longer than usual for this podcast. Because of this, we're dividing our discussion into two parts. We encourage you to join us for part two, where we'll focus on the future of measurement and optimization, the role that advances in AI might play in this evolution, and how media can continue to assist brands in improving health outcomes. See you next time, and thanks again for listening. You've been listening to the IQVIA podcast. Learn more about how we help our customers and partners accelerate innovation in healthcare at IQVIA.com.